just share a little bit of the story tonight before we do a little bit more singing. You know, around 700 years before Jesus was born, a prophet stood up in the Middle East and prophesied saying that God was going to send a savior, the Messiah, who would arrive and whose arrival would be demonstrated by a miraculous sign. And this Messiah was going to come to save the world. The prophet said, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. This prophet called Isaiah went on and prophesied some more. And he said that this child would grow up to be greater than we could imagine. He said, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. There was another prophet living around about the same time called Micah. And Micah prophesied, giving detail of exactly where this Messiah would appear. He said, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. And the extraordinary thing is, seven centuries later, those extraordinary events happened exactly as prophesied. Matthew, one of the followers of Jesus, records it. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about, he wrote. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Matthew writes, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. At this point, Another man picks up the story, a doctor by the name of Luke. He writes, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. This is a powerful and important story. And we're going to watch it told right now on the screen. An angel came to see me. Mary, she was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. 
you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary... And Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a stable. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, A new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angels were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the board. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard the, heard the story told quite like that, but there's nothing like hearing it from a child's perspective. But it's an incredible story. And it leads us to ask the question, why did God come to earth? Well, because the world was, and actually still is, in a wee bit of a mess. Well, amidst all the good stuff, there's an awful amount of stuff going on out there in the world that desperately needs something from somewhere. More people are in slavery today than in any time in human history. More people are in poverty and suffering from avoidable sickness today than any time in human history. Even in the wealthy first world, more people are, are simply sad, suffering from depression and anxiety and other mental health issues than ever before. We live in a world that's working harder than ever to try and save itself and unfortunately, is just as powerless to do it as ever before. You know, Jesus came, the Bible tells us, to deal 
with our falling short, our missing the mark of his plan for us. He came to atone for our wrongdoing and remove from us guilt and shame. He came to destroy the work of the enemy in us. So God came to save us, but of course the question tonight is, why did he arrive the way that he did? Why did he not arrive with trumpets and fireworks and armies marching? Why did he arrive as a baby, just like you and I arrived? Why did he come down and live a life in the midst of the messy, stressful challenges that we all face? Let me tell you a story tonight. There was once a man who didn't believe in God and he didn't hesitate to let others know how he felt about religion. His wife, however, did believe and she raised their children to have faith in God despite his disparaging comments. One snowy Christmas Eve, his wife was taking their children to a church service in the small town, the small rural farmer community in which they lived. They were going to be hearing about Jesus' birth. And she asked him to come, but he refused. He said, that story is nonsense. If God was real, why would he lower himself to come to earth as a man like one of us? It just doesn't make sense. So she and the children left and he stayed home. A while later, the winds grew stronger and the snow turned into a blizzard. And as the man looked out the window, all he saw was the blinding snowstorm. He sat down to relax before the fire for the evening, and then suddenly he heard a loud thump. Something had hit the window. He looked out but couldn't see more than a few feet. After a time when the snow let up a little, he ventured outside to see what could have hit the window. And in the field near his house, he saw a flock of wild geese. Apparently, they got caught in the snowstorm and couldn't go on. They were lost and stranded on his farm with no food or shelter. They just flapped their wings and flew around the field in low circles, blindly and aimlessly. A couple of them had flown into his house, it seemed. The man felt terrible about these geese and he wanted to help them. And he realized that his barn, a short distance away, would be a great place for them to stay out of the cold. It's warm and safe, and surely they could spend the night there and wait out the storm. So he walked over to the barn and opened the doors wide and then watched and waited, hoping that they would notice the open barn and go inside. But the geese just fluttered around aimlessly and didn't seem to notice the barn or realize what it could mean for them. The man then tried to get their attention, waved his arms, he shouted toward them, but it just seemed to scare them and they moved further away. He went into the house and came out with some bread, broke it up and tried to make a trail of bits of bread leading to the barn, but they still didn't catch on. Now he was getting frustrated. He got behind them and tried to shoo them toward the barn, but they only got more scared and scattered in every direction except toward the barn. Nothing he did could get them to go into the barn where they would be warm and safe. Why don't they follow me, he exclaimed. Can't they see that this is the only place where they can survive the storm? He thought for a moment and realized that they just wouldn't follow a human. If only I were a goose, then I could save them, he said out loud to himself. And with that, he had an idea. He went across to the barn. 
He captured one of his own geese that was sheltering in the barn. He carried it in his arms as he circled around behind the flock of wild geese. He then released it, and his goose flew straight through the flock and straight into the barn. And one by one, the other geese followed it to safety. He stood silently for a moment as the words he had spoken a few moments earlier replayed in his mind. If only I were a goose, then I could save them. And then he thought about what he had said earlier to his wife. Why would God want to be like us? That's ridiculous. And suddenly, it all made sense. This is what God had done. We were like the geese, blind, lost, perishing. God became like us so that he could show us the way and save us. And as the winds and blinding snow began to die down, his soul suddenly became quiet and he pondered this extraordinary thought. Suddenly he understood why Jesus had come. Years of doubt and disbelief vanished like the passing storm. He got down on his knees and prayed his very first prayer. Thank you, God, for coming in human form so that I could follow you and be saved from the storm. In the book of John, chapter 8, Jesus said, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This Christmas, this baby was born not just to save us, but to be followed. Tonight we remember how he came. Let us also remember why and what that means for us. The team can come now. We're going we're gonna to sing some more carols. But let me say this. You know, many people see the God of the Old Testament a little bit like that farmer out in the snowstorm, frustrated, angry, giving instructions, while having no idea of the love and the desperate passion that is behind it all. God's desire to see people saved. Likewise, many people see the Jesus of the New Testament like a shining white goose here for a while, a shining example to look to, having no idea that his life was actually intended to be followed. He came as one of us so that we would see and walk in his footsteps. You know, the very first thing that Jesus said to the great apostle Peter was, follow me. The very last thing he said to the apostle Peter was also, follow me. The great question of Christmas is tonight, on this holy night, will you follow him? We're all going to stand together now, and we're going to sing, O Holy Lord. Come on, let's get to our feet.